Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. Let me just ask this question. Who in this room right here are listening to me? Uh, you've got decisions that you need to make in your life. Raise your hand, raise your hand. Well, you wanna be listening up because this message is just for you. Because when we talk about making decisions, we need to make sure we involve God in that. Amen. All right, let me give you a, a story, a um, couple of stories, Cindy's and I. Um, the hurricane, when you think about the hurricane and a few years ago, the flood, and then kind of every year, these 500-year these events, uh, <laughs> who's, had it, who's had it come across your mind before that, man, I just need to move away from here? Come on, let's be honest. We're in church. Okay, look, that's what I'm talking about. And so it's crossed all of our mind that, man, why do we put up with this? Kind of poor old Louisiana. We get, we get smoked all the time. And so it will make you think. As a matter of fact, after the storm, Cindy, I said there'll be a few people that move <laughs> that are yeah. going to move after the storm because they just like can't do it, don't want to do it. And to be honest with you, I know how you feel, just like everyone that raised their hand and those few that didn't because they're scared to, right? <laughs> and so because you think about it. And I, you know, I've thought about it. I actually he was talking to Pastor Dino and I told Pastor Dino after this last storm, I was like, man, I said, Brother Dino, I said, why do I live in Louisiana? And I answered my question and I said, oh yeah, that's right. Because God has me here. And, and yeah. that's a big, that's a big reason because God has me here. Yeah. And uh, Cindy, you know, it's important that we not do what we just want to do but we do what God tells us to do. Yeah. Right? And you know, one thing in my life, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I was asked, did you always want a big family? <laughs> you know, when people find out that I have eight kids, they're like, oh, you must love children. That's why, you know. And to be honest. I love my wife. Yeah. <laughs> so we have eight kids. Damn, you with me? You all right? <laughs> Where's Pastor Terry? Pastor Terry, you with me? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, God, you messed me up, baby. What was I talking about? Oh, I have, yeah. I have the eight power kids. to distract her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we actually have it on video at our wedding reception. Someone asked, how many kids are y'all going to have? You know, and he was like, what, four? I'm like, no, three, three. And I think I even said two, and he's like, four. I said, okay, well, maybe three, you know. And so that was really in my mind, I thought, that's, that's it. That's what I knew. I came from family with three kids. So that's normal to have three kids. And it was probably, well, it was after Sarai, number three, uh, the Lord started to deal with my heart on surrendering different areas of my life that I still had control in. Like I thought I had control, you know, and one of those was with children, how many children I would have. And, you know, I was just challenged. I mean, that's really a big area in our life. I know some of y'all are starting to sweat a little bit. 
or your hearts are starting to elevate a little bit while I talk about this. Um, but I really came to the point, I said, you know what, that is a huge decision. Why would I not ask God what He wants for me to do in this? And so I chose then to surrender that part of my life to the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, you know, you may be thinking, oh, uh-uh, I, I ain't even going to ask. Don't be scared to ask. That's like a really big part of your life. I mean, what are the odds that he's going to tell you to have eight kids? I mean, really. Nobody ain't even laughing. Baby, they scared up in here. They are scared. But listen, I decided that I wanted to surrender every part of my life to God. Because guess what? He's got the big picture and he knows what's best. And so that's just where God wants us to be. And listen, I'm not telling you, oh, you need to go have eight kids. I'm telling you, you really need to do what God wants you to do. Now, some of you are out of childbearing age. I'm sure there's something else that the Lord may have been, you know, laying on your heart to, to surrender to him. Just be obedient to the Father in every area of our life. And so it's important, you know, to un understand that. I I've asked people, and as I've matured, of course, in the Lord, and we've learned this ourselves, people, yeah. you know, they would say, hey, you know, uh, yeah, we plan on doing this, or we plan on having this many kids, we plan on ha living here, and, and I'll just ask them a question. Oh, the Lord told you that. And I'm, it's amazing how shocked they are normally when I say that, because it's crazy how we'll pray about what car to have, what job to have, and all this kind of stuff, mm. but when it comes to the real things that we think we control, mm. yeah. and that's the point, we're not supposed to be in control. The thing is, you can control it. Yeah. You yeah. can control it and, and get what you want. Or you can surrender control and get what God wants. I, I, I think I would choose God. Yeah, amen. Right? And so because the scripture talks about that it's not our life. Yeah. When, when Jesus died on the cross, he bought our life. And it, Paul even says in Galatians, he said, the life that I now live, I live to Jesus. You know, I don't live my own life anymore. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught and said, unless you lose your life, you'll never gain his life. And so a lot of people, they, they're like, well, they want to hold on to their life. And, and no, listen, you got to be willing to give that to God. Because I promise the life that God has for you is a lot better than the life you have for yourself. Mm. And it's a lot more impactful as well. And hence, we have the title of the message today, Yes, What is the Question? And to be honest with you, that's how we ought to live our life. Yes, Lord, what's the question? Hmm. Because we, we should be that blindly obedient to the Lord where we trust him with our lives because he has only the best in mind for you and I. Matter of fact, in the scripture, it talks about that he knew you before you were even born hmm. and how he's written in the book, in the Psalms, it says he's written in the book all these things that that are good things that he has in store for you, but we're only going to get those good things if we submit our lives to him. And I want to go to a couple of scriptures and talk about this. In Psalms 37, 23 through 24, it says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled down because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. So four different things here. First of all, it's God is the one who wants to establish your steps. 
He's already written down in his books what he wants for your life. And so all we have to do is listen to him, go to him, and he's going to guide us into that path. And when we're guided into that path, it says the Lord is pleased. Mm -hmm. The Lord is pleased. But I want you to see this other part of it. It says when he falls. It didn't say if you fall. Mm -hmm. It said when you fall. In other words, God knew that the path that he would be guiding you into uh, would be challenging in some parts. Yeah. But just because they're challenging does not mean that he doesn't want you to do it. And, and he lets you know right off the bat, when you fall, because you're going to, because where you're weak, I am made strong, I'm not going to let you bust your face on the ground. I'm not going to let you drown. I'm going to pull you up when you fall, when you sink. I'm going to be there. Just go down my path. And a lot of times, Cindy, we don't want to go down God's path because we don't think we have strength to go down that path. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. If you only do what you yourself can do in life, then you don't need God for it. Wow. See, the only time you need God is when God's telling you to, to be a part of, to do something that is honestly beyond you. And it's so important that we involve our life in something that is beyond us because God says, I will hold your hand. You know, I want you to see this quote. The Lord wants to lead you by the hand to do his will for your life. Let's read this together. Ready? One, two, three. The Lord, Lord wants, wants to lead you by the hand to do his will for your life. Come on. Do we believe that? <clears throat> so today, the Lord is reaching out his hand so that he can lead you in your life. And I tell you, when I, when I think about my life, Cindy... And I think about decision-making, and man, so many hands went up that are in the valley of decision in this place. And I, I think back, and I, I, write, I wrote the story of my life. And by the way, if you, you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that in expressive writing. I did a workshop on that. But it's where you basically write down a, a, a synopsis of your life. And in and, and writing down and being honest and real with yourself, all the way from a kid as far back as you remember, all the way to today, and, and writing these things down, after I looked at it, I, I really went down to four major decisions that I made in my life that completely altered everything, everything in my life. Mm -hmm. Altered other people's lives, altered my kids' lives. I, I really boils down to four decisions. The first one was when I went in the Marine Corps. When I went in the Marine Corps, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Because I come from a small town, and in that small town, you know, a uh, very limited view of things because you, you haven't been anywhere. Yeah. And I was, I was young, and I needed structure. I needed discipline. I went in the Marine Corps, and, man, it gave me all of that. And one of, the, one of the greatest things it did is traveling me around the world. Because by traveling around the world, I experienced all these different cultures, and I experienced different people and, and I, I got where I'm not just looking at things from this uh, microscopic view, but I was able to kind of get up and look at things from a different perspective. Yeah. It's made me a better person mm -hmm. because I don't expect everyone to be Americanized. Yeah. 
You know, and, and a lot of people that are just Americanized and they have a small view, that's where you get legalistic. That's when you, you, you'll hold to things that have nothing to do with godliness. And you'll hold to those things and you think, and when you go overseas and all that, you realize, oh my God, it's a whole nother world out there. And there are, there are so many different ways that, that people worship Jesus Christ and it's beautiful, amen? And so, you know, that was one decision. My second decision was getting saved. Come on. Notice my first decision was even before I was saved. My whole life, I wanted to be a Marine. My whole life, as young as I can remember, and I went and I was a Marine. God put that in me to be able to do that, and he, and he had me do that. The second thing, like I said, was uh, getting saved. And look, I remember, you know, I just drank a half a bottle of wine, and I was in my living room, and honestly, you know, I had a house, land, all this, but I just, I was empty. I just... I was empty. Life was boring. I just like, man. And I just got on my knees and I said, Jesus, I just, I want you in my life. I'm offering you my life. Greatest decision I ever made in my entire life. Who's that's been the greatest decision you ever made in your whole life? All right. Now, the third great decision that I made uh, happened about a year and a half after I got saved. And that was marrying Cindy. I made the top three, y'all. Top three. She did. Well, I was kind of giving chronological order. No, I'm good. You, you're, good. you're right there, baby, with salvation than you. Okay, okay I'm second, so, so I'm second. Oh, yeah. Marines oh, ain't got nothing on you, baby. Come on now. Amen. You're, you're, well, you, you give up the white gloves for me? Oh, yes. All right. And so, so the whole thing was, though, I remember when I made that decision, uh, they had other people that were wanting to get with me or people wanted me to marry this person or this person and... Christians were saying, get this person. And they're they trying were, to help him out. They had this one, one lady that, <laughs> yeah. you know, everyone was like, wow, man, that's everyone want to marry her. That's the one you need to marry. And, and so I said, well, Lord, is this the girl I'm supposed to marry or not? And the Lord said, nope. And you know what I did? I just cut it off. No more calls, no more nothing. Just cut it off. See, a lot of people are worried about disappointing someone else instead of disappointing God. Mm, come on, that's I would right. worry about disappointing God before I worry about disappointing yeah, someone come else. On. That's right. Not to that's mention uh, what you're going to end up going into that could just, you know, God knows that that's not right for you. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I look, and if I wouldn't have made those decisions and asked God, and I would never have been with you, baby. Come I on. mean, what I, you would have missed. I, I got the masterpiece. I mean, all them other ladies, that's like crayons, baby, crayon drawings. I mean, you Mona Lisa, you're the, you're the masterpiece. I mean, I got, you know, Angelo Dentino or something. Oh, God, man. you don't I mean, even know. <laughs> He's never taken art history, y'all. <laughs> Chanel, yeah. I mean, you, you're beautiful. And, but the fourth decision that really uh, had a huge impact on you and I Notice, you know, before I knew the Lord, then I knew the Lord, I got saved. Then I knew the Lord and we made the right decision. Then she knew the Lord because I led her to the Lord. And then, uh, you know, within seven days, and then we we're married two and a half months later. And, uh, and then we started having kids. Come on, we pump them out. Pop, 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 pop. And so <laughs> we build the church. Build my church. Build my church. Have another baby. Build my church. <laughs> I'm a songwriter. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> come you back to me. Today. Come back you to me. You messed today. All right, so, okay. But the fourth major decision was when we went under that oak tree. And that oak tree's still there. The hurricanes didn't get it. <laughs> come on. That oak tree still exists. 
we went under that oak tree, and I remember sitting down on the grass, and we we're just talking. And I said, you know what, baby? I said, let's just make our life about God. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we were working jobs and all that. And I said, let's just make our life about God. I had no plan, no nothing. Just, I, just whatever God wants from us, that's what we're going to do. And yeah. we decided at that moment, the kingdom of God would be the number one thing in our life. And can Amen. I tell you something? That had huge in- implications on my life, on her life, on our kids, and even on your lives. Huge implications. And so, you know, your decision-making is a big deal. And so talk Amen. to us about that. Yeah, so we see in Proverbs 16:9. this is very important to understand and to hear. It says, the mind of a person plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And so there's nothing wrong with planning. Planning actually is good. It is good to plan things. But the key is, do we allow God to direct the steps of that plan? Or do we say, God, here's my plan. Is this what you want me to do? Okay, am I willing to lay down what I think should be to pick up what God says he wants to be? You know, because sometimes we'll paint this picture in our mind, you know. And honestly, I, you know, did you paint, am I what you expected in your life? No, you better. Come on, right answer, baby. I mean, think about it. Right answer. And a lot of people, they, they, they get in their mind what they're looking for. And when, oh, and when yeah. what's in front of them isn't what they're looking for, but it's what God was bringing you, then you miss what you God miss was bringing it. you. Come on. Come and on, I'm somebody. telling you, you know, uh, it, you don't want to just go with what you're looking for, what, the, the way you see it, because right. the way you see it may not be a good way. That's why that song, the other song said, you know, thank God for unanswered prayers. I don't know yeah. the l- lyrics, or I would sing it, but, okay. you know, because um, some, some of the things we pray and yeah. we think we want, and we got to be careful because you might... I want this, no, I want this, no, I want this, no. And God said, okay, well, you can have it. God, if you want something enough, you can still have it. You have free will. But I tell you what, it will bring havoc and wreak havoc in your life. And the Lord will warn you with that. But we want to go with God. Who really, I mean, I I think you're here tonight today because you want to go with God's plan. Who wants to go with God's plan? Mm -hmm. All right, amen. Amen. But if you're really honest, you know, I did not see him coming. Like I had made plans, you know, I was going to LSU and I had, you know, I'm going to do this, 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 and, you know, had pictured in my mind what my life was going to look like and he was not in it. Uh, but thank God, God knew, well, she don't even know better. I better send him to her, you know? And so honestly, if you think about it, think, rewind your life five years or 10 years. Would you have expected today? Would you have expected what's going on in your life, how it looks? Would you have expected that? No. No, you wouldn't have. You know, I, I, I got a long list of things that I did not expect to happen in my life. But I thank God for those things and that he is sovereign and that his, his plans are way better than mine. They are higher than mine. And so we have to get in a position that we are willing to lay down, you know, what we think things should be like and say, God, I trust you. And that's what it really boils down to. Or we, will we trust God to relinquish our rights 
and say, God, I, I really want you to be Lord of my life. And the Bible actually says, Sydney, about in, in the book of James, it says that mm -hmm. in your mind, if you see something that you're going to be doing in a year from now, and you can say, man, I, I think I'm going to be over here, and I think I'm going to be making this money, and I think this is going to be going on. The Bible actually said that's evil. It's not, it's not evil to plan. Right. But it's evil to plan without realizing that God could mess up your plan. Come on. And that's why it says you have, to, you have to plan and you say, be it the Lord's will. Because if it's not God's will, then guess what? I'm not going to do that. And you know, in our house, when our kids were younger, that was the common statement that, that we would say. You know, we would say, oh, we're going to go to the movies Friday night, da, 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 be it the Lord's will. You know, and we would always tell the kids, hey, this is what we're planning, be it the Lord's will. Because we wanted them to understand that. Yes, we make plans and we have goals and all of that, but sometimes things change. Sometimes life happens and sometimes we have to make some adjustments. And so by them hearing that, I really believe that they've adjusted well, yeah. you know, because we've been hit with a lot of things that changed all of our plans and they adjust well because they understand, hey, it is all be it the Lord's will. Another scripture is Proverbs 16.1. It says, the plans of the heart belong to a person, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So in, in our hearts, we may want to do certain things, but it's not God's plan for us to do those certain things. West Virginia, mountain mama, take me home. Oh, you did good on that. Take me home. Yeah, come on, y'all enjoyed that? I thought that was pretty good. Be good. And I, I, half of them enjoyed it. They didn't even clap. All right, so <laughs> the reason I sang that is because ever since I was in the military, I went to West Virginia on a camping trip, and just something stuck in me about West Virginia that I loved. And I was like, man, I love West Virginia. I want to live in West Virginia. West Virginia is the place I want to be. I mean, I'm going to teach my kids the theme song. I mean, we're just, West Virginia is it, right? And so, you know, it was just West Virginia, West Virginia. But guess what? God's answer to me was, no, I'm not, you're not living in West Virginia. I have you in Louisiana. And so even though my heart was for that, it didn't mean that I was supposed to do that. Yeah. Instead, he gave me someone in my life that I was invested in, Pastor Brandon and Melody, that guess what? We planted a church in West Virginia. And then I had one of my sons and daughter-in-law go to West Virginia and be a part of that church. And so the Lord allowed that, but he said, no, you're staying here. And so here's the question for you. A lot of times God will have something on your heart and man, you just burn it in your heart for this certain thing. But you ever thought about this? Could we be humble enough to, to think this, that God didn't put it on your heart or it's not on your heart for you to do, but it's on your yeah. heart to support someone else to do it. Wow. Come on. That's good. And you see, can we be as, as, you know, can we get away from our selfishness enough to realize, hey, this might just be, I just need to get behind someone else and, and encourage them to do that. Even though it's in my heart to do, it doesn't mean I'm supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the yeah. same thing with uh, being a police officer. When I come out of the military, uh, you know, the U.S. Marshals actually recruited me in the military and they were wanting me to come and to work for them. And I'll begin to kind of go through that after I come out. And everything always got blocked. 
And, and man, it just, just weird circumstances just blocked me from all this stuff. You know, the SWAT teams and everything else that was, they were looking to get me, Baton Rouge uh, SWAT team, just all these different people. And it just never, it never panned out. It was almost like, it is not almost, the Holy Spirit hindered me from going. And, and the Lord just told me, he said, that's not what I have for you. I know that that's what you want to do and that's in your heart, but that's not what I have for you. I've called you and I didn't even know it at the time. I didn't know the real calling. See, if we're not careful, if you, let me say this. If you follow your heart, you will certainly go away from God. Hmm. You, we don't follow our heart. We follow God's heart. That's why I said David was a man after whose heart? God's heart. He wasn't. He wasn't a man after his own heart. He was a man after God's heart. And we need to be a people who are after God's heart for our lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we have a story that shows this very thing. Yeah, and King David, as you said, he had a heart after God. But King David really had in his heart, he wanted to build a permanent structure for God's presence. And so at the time, David, you know, realized God had done some amazing things in his life and, and, and he loved him and he wanted to honor him. And he's sitting there in, the, in his house, this beautiful house, and he realized, my God is in a tent. You know, the, the tabernacle was a temporary dwelling place and it was a glorified tent. It was really nice, but it was a tent. And he said, that's not right. And he was actually talking to the prophet Nathan about it. He said, listen, I'm here in a house of cedar. I, I want to build something permanent for our God. And Nathan's like, man, that's a good idea. You ought to do it. That's great. Nathan goes home. And that night, the Lord speaks to the prophet and said, I don't want David to do that. I haven't asked David to do that. Even though David has the right heart for a thing, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing for him to do. That's not who I want to build my temple. I want his son to build my temple. And so God goes on to say, hey, David, I've done all these things for you. I've taken you out of the pasture. I've, I've just made your enemies fall at your feet. I've made you king over my people, but I'm not asking you. I never asked you. I've never complained about being in a tent. That is something I want for your son to do. And so even though David had a heart to do it, it wasn't what God wanted him to do. But you know what? It wasn't that God didn't want to do anything. And you know what's even crazy? He even talked to the prophet. Because some people might say, oh, well, that person, they missed God. They didn't hear God. He went to the prophet of the Lord and said, hey, I want to run this idea by you. And the prophet's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Then the prophet went in the presence of the Lord. He said, oh, never mind. No, hold up, hold back. Hold up. God's saying no. But you know what God did have David do? See, David had a heart for it. So the Lord said, hey, yeah, I'm going to get you to provide for it. See, Solomon was a young king and there was a big ordeal to build the temple. It was a major task. And so David, his wisdom and his expertise, he prepared the stone cutters to prepare the stones. He got the iron workers together to be able to build the hinges. He got the lumber ready. So then when, when Solomon stepped into what he was supposed to do, the place was set. See, I think sometimes God 
wants to use us in that way. You know, we have this desire for something and we're like, I want to do that. The, the Lord's like, no, I don't want you to do that, but I want you to do this. We're like, eh, I don't want to do that. That ain't what I want to do. You know, personally, for an example, I always want to be a right worship music. You know, I'm a musician, grew up musician. I can write lyrics to silly songs like that. They can rhyme and everything, be parallel. I mean, all the sonnet, you know, all that. But if I go to write something spiritual, it's like, holy, you're worthy. Yes, you're worthy. Like, that's it. I, I can't, I can't do it. And I remember I prayed about it. I'm like, God, you know, I, I devote all this time. You know, I have all this not good. Can you? And the Lord's like, no. But you will prepare someone else to be able to do that. And so I was faithful with my kids, making them learn their scales, making them understand what words rhyme and what words don't rhyme, making them understand the scriptures, knowing the voice of the Lord. I had to be okay with the place. I had to have the right heart for the thing that God said was right. So we have to be willing to be in that place. You know, in another, in another story with David, uh, he had a heart to move the ark of God to Jerusalem. He had became king and he had set up himself in Jerusalem and it was a city of David, but the ark was not there. The ark was actually far away. And so he had a heart to move that ark uh, to the city. And you know what? It was the right thing to do. And he actually talked to all the people and the priests and everyone's like, oh yes. And he said, all the people agreed and everyone knew it was the right thing to do. And so they decided that they were going to do it. So he had the right heart and he was doing the right thing. And they go and they get the ark and they put it on a new cart. And when they put it on this new cart and they put an ox that was pulling it, guess what? Uh, it, it tilted and tattered and then all of a sudden the ark moved, shifted and Uzzah grabbed it, he reached out his hand, and when he did, the Lord killed him. Now, David had called all of Israel to be a part of this. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a serious festival. We know about festivals, can I get an amen? amen? And David called everyone to be there. They're celebrating, they're dancing, they're singing. I mean, the party is on. And all of a sudden, one of the main priests carrying the ark gets killed by the ark. I mean, that would dampen the party. And so it messed David's head up so bad that David was like, man, I, I can't even be around God. Because he, he couldn't understand. I had to write hard. I was doing the right thing. And how is it that this happened? In front of all the nation of Israel, how can this happen? And he said, I can't be around him. And for three months, David didn't want to be, have anything to do with God because of what had taken place. And I think people are the same way today that they'll have the right heart in something and they'll even be doing the right thing, but when something just just as bad that goes on with it, they, they get discombobulated and they're like, I, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know how to deal with God. I don't, I don't wanna be around him anymore. But then he did something. He started reading the scripture. And when he read the scripture, he realized what had happened. The ark is not to be moved on a cart with an ox. The ark was to be moved on the shoulders of priests. And so then he went back to uh, Obed-Edom where the ark was at 
and it's 55 kilometers from, and if you don't know what that is, that is 55,000 meters, okay, from where it needed to be. And so David said, priest, put it on your shoulders. Not only did he do that, but he said, we're going to sacrifice seven bulls and seven fatted calf before we even start. And then every six steps, watch this. One, two, three, four, five, six. He said, we're going to stop and we're going to slaughter a bull and we're going to slaughter a fatted calf. And they did that every six steps. Wow. If you count the seven before and the amount of distance to 55 kilometers, that is 12,037 bulls and fatted calves that they killed and they were worshiping and they would kill the calf. And listen, I've slaughtered bulls. I've slaughtered calves. It's a bloody mess. And so I want you to think about it. Every six steps, two animals slaughtered. Basically what happened was the priests in the presence of the Lord, they walked across blood the whole way to where the presence of God would sit. Mm. Let me tell you something. In our sacrifice, oh, come on, somebody. Yeah. See, it's through our sacrifice that God's presence comes to us. But you see, the whole point was he knew what to do. He had the right heart to do it, but he was doing it in the wrong way. And that's what happens with a lot of people's lives. How you do it matters to God. Amen. And so how are you going to know that? By being in the Word. Amen. By being in the Word. So the bottom line of what we're trying to tell you guys is live the life God has for you instead of the one you think is best. Let me say that again. Live the life God has for you instead of the one that you think is best. Stand to your feet, everyone in here, guys. No one moving around, just wanna let the Lord just, there's so many of you that have decisions to make. So many of you got these decisions to make. There's two ways that you can do this to make sure you make the right decision. The first one, you gotta have in this attitude, not my will, but your will. You gotta have this, yes, what's the question, all right? Not my will, but your will, God. See, if, if we're not living that way, then I, I'm telling you, we're gonna live in the wrong way. You know, a lot of people think, you know, with me, they think, well, Pastor Mark, you know, he's an extrovert. He, he loves being around people, he's an extrovert. Can I, can I tell you the truth about that? Myself, I'm an introvert. As a matter of fact, left to follow my flesh, what I want, I wouldn't be around hardly anyone. I would take just a couple of people, probably hang around a couple of people, do life and be totally satisfied with that. But, but that's not what God called me to do. And so it's not my will. I'm gonna crucify my flesh so that I can do what God wants me to do. And that's why we're all here together. And the second thing you have to do is you have to ask Jesus. You have to ask Jesus. Come on, we, 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 we gotta bring everything to Jesus because David, you see when David was doing well, he brought everything to God. Because he would say, well, let me inquire of the Lord. And the Lord would tell him, should I go to this battle? Let me inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said, oh, nope, you need to hold back. And then go, should I go over here? Yep. Should I do this? Nope. 
And so when David was inquiring of the Lord, his life went amazing. It's when he stopped inquiring of God that things got messed up. And so all of you that have just raised your hand of all the decisions you've got to make, can I tell you something? We need to inquire of God. We need to bring everything to Jesus. Who wants to bring everything to Jesus? Come on. Come on. Come on, let's sing this out. Talking to Jesus. We started talking to Jesus. Are uh, we talking to you, God? We started talking to Jesus. Are uh, we talking to you, Jesus? submit my decision to you and I'm talking to you and I know you're my friend 
and you're going to guide me down the right path. Oh, talk to me, Jesus. Oh, talk to me, Jesus. Oh, talk to me, Jesus. I believe already this morning, while I was preaching, the Lord was giving people answers. I'm just curious. Who in here, while I was speaking, God was giving you answers to your decisions? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Look, all over this place. You know what that is? That's a move of God. That's a move of God. Amen. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. No one looking around in this moment. I've got a question to ask. Maybe you come in here today. Maybe you're listening to me. And you know what? You've done your own thing your whole life. But today you come here and the Lord is pulling on your heart to quit doing your own thing and to start doing His thing. Today you're going to make a decision not to walk down your own path, but to walk down God's path. So today you want to decide that I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm making a decision that I'm going to follow Him. I'm not just going to know about Him, but I'm making a decision today to follow Him. Now if that's you in this place, you're making this most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. Right here. Saying, I'm tired of going my own way. From here on out, I'm going yours, God. I'm making that decision to follow you, to give my life to you. I want you to raise your hand right there where you're at. Come on, raise it up high. Raise it up high right there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, raise it up. Raise it up high. Thank you. I got... I got mentors and, and people moving that leaders is going to come next to you. Where's my leaders at? Come on, move leaders. Go next to them, guys. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Amen. Anybody else say, that's me. That's me. Come on, raise your hand. Say, that's me. That's me. I'm tired of going my own way. I want to go God's. Well, you know what? There's another hand over here. Another hand over here. And we're going to do it right here. We're going to pray together. Amen. And we're going to believe God that God's going to guide you down his path. Come on, pray this with me. And church, we're going to pray this with them together. Say it. Say, Father, I come to you now. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe on you. And I'm deciding today to follow you for the rest of my life. So today, Lord, I give you my life. I commit to never turn to the right or the left but to follow you the rest of my life so I offer my life take it Lord in the name of Jesus amen and amen come on can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for these decisions come on come on give God praise thank you Jesus oh thank you Lord Hey, all of you, all of you that gave your life to Jesus, let me tell you, welcome to the family of God. Come on, guys, give him a hand clap. We welcome to the family. I want to encourage you, make sure you get baptized, amen? Take that next step of baptism. But we love you and appreciate you. Leaders, they're going to help you out. Answer the text. Cindy and I would love to have lunch with you and hear your story. But wouldn't it be a great day to be at church today, guys? Amen? Amen. Well, I love you guys. Y'all have a wonderful day. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you, guys.